Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. The mentality of this people is a mentality we need to have. Whenever you hear that God knows what's happening in your life and God sees what's going on, but it's going to work out for you a greater picture, something better than what you expected. See, but I wanted him, but he didn't want you, baby. And what you have to do is you have to wait. No, no, I'm not trying to be mean. God is going to send someone that wants you. You say, but he's going to look like Magilla Gorilla. You think that's what God got? God got better than that. I was telling the story this morning. You know, y'all, y'all play with God. Y'all, y'all think God, let me tell you something. I was sitting. Everybody said a long time ago. When I used to do marriage, marriage counseling, I was sitting with a couple. They were going through premarital counseling. And the whole time I'm counseling them, I'm thinking to myself, dude made a, some kind of arrangement with the devil. How did he get her? Now I was sitting there trying to figure out, this is this, what is it, a joke? I'm looking at this dude, looking at her thinking, Okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I might be punk. Where's the camera? And so finally, at some point in the counseling, I said to her, I said, you love him. She said, yes, I do. I said, can I ask a question? She said, I said, why? I wasn't being mean. I just wanted to, I was in quiz. I was young. I was in, that's what she said. I, I expected her. I don't know what I expected. She said, he makes me laugh. I was waiting for the rest of it. She goes, what? She said, he makes me laugh. She said, he said, Pastor, you have to understand. He said, this woman is all business all the time. He said, so when I first met her, he said, she, she drives people away with that stoic look with a stone. He said, so when I first met her, I told her, man, lighten up. He said, and every time she would say something professional and deep, I would say something funny until she could, she laughed so much, she had to drive me away. Go, get away from me. She fell in love with the person that could get through her facade. And she watch this now. This is the crazy part. The crazy part was she was the one that saw that. So she said, here she said, she said, people say, she said, my family say he's ugly. She has what she said, but they don't see what I see. You know what I said to myself? This is God. This ain't the devil. This is God. And this brother, let me tell you something. And, this, and today... Most beautiful couple, beautiful kids, thank God. They look like her. You know, beautiful couple. Let me, no, let me show you something. I ain't being mean, but I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. She loves and he loves her. God did that. Amen. So you say, like, ain't no, I'm, I'm going I'm to, you don't know, Pastor, ain't nobody, nobody want me. Shut up. Stop saying that. God has a plan, but you can't keep running away every time things get difficult. Whenever things get tight, it means that God is pushing you through the hard place so you could come out on the other side to get the thing he's promised you. Watch this. Look, look, at, verse, okay, look at verse 1 of the next chapter. It says this. After this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go. 
so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Look at the next verse. Pharaoh says, is that so? This is the Pharaoh mentality. He says, and who is the Lord? This is what some of us do. Why should I listen to him? I don't know the Lord, and I won't do it. That mentality, I'm going to do what I want to do, has gotten a lot of us in trouble. I want to show you what Jeremiah said. This is interesting. When you go down the scripture, and we're going to be dealing with this for a minute, but I want to show you two things, and I got about 10 to 15 minutes, I'm almost done. But I want to show you something. Go to Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 21. I want to show you this. This is about, this is about obedience is trusting God's understanding of my situation. I trust what God says about me. I trust what God knows about my situation. There are things I don't understand, but he understands things that I, I can't even see yet. He sees far down the road. He sees the whole depth and breadth of, of the thing. All I see is now. As, as great a vision as you have, most people can't see. You can't, listen, you can't see two seconds into your future, not even one. We just do it as it comes. The Bible says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army, the God of Israel, says. Take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them yourself. The burnt offerings was a part of their worship. Here's what God says in verse 22. He says, when I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted from them. I'm going to put it, God says, it's not, he says, yes, I told you to come and worship me with an offering, but I don't want your money. God said, that's not what I want. Look what he says in verse 23. He says, this is what I told them. Trust, I'm going to define the word, obey, obey, trust my understanding of your situation and I'll be your God and you'll be my people. Do everything as I say and all will be well. Verse 24, but my people now, this is under the old covenant. He said, but my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil heart. Read the last sentence out loud. Read it out loud. What does it say? Read it out loud again. They what? Whenever I come up on a situation that I see looks difficult, I don't trust that I'm able to handle some. I said, oh, God, you know what? I can't do that. I'm sorry. I got it. So I'm going to give you a good example. People always tell me, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. So you think God wants your money? No. Trust his understanding of your situation. Here's what God knows. God knows when you put the 10% back in my hand, I said back because it already belongs to him. He said what happens is I take the 90% and empower it to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. You can't do with 100% what I could do with 90 he said, but it's not the money I want. It's you. He said, what you miss is, I can't get any more life into you till you trust my understanding of your situation. And the way I do it is, not just with your money, I do it with your relationships. I do it with your worship. I, I'm going to ask you for things that you think that you can't do without or ask you to go places that you don't think you can make it. I'm going to ask you to step out. I'm going to ask you to stand still. I'm going to ask you not to fight in a battle when the other person is fighting. And God says, and everything I ask you to do is connected to somebody else. I'm going to tell you a story I, I, I told before. I'm going to help you out. David faces the giant. He knocks him down with a stone, walks up, gets his sword, watch this, cuts his head off. And he picks up his head and walks all the way from the valley of Elah to Jerusalem. Peter, how far do you think it is? 
feet went to Jerusalem. That's why I asked him. About 15, 20 miles. He picked the head up and walked 15 to 20 miles with it. Went up to a hill and buried it in this hill. The people used to call it the place of Goliath's skull. As years passed forward, they just call, start calling it Goliath and then later Golgotha, the place of the skull. Where Jesus was crucified. Let me tell you something. Why would he do that? He did it because something in him moved him. After he, after he cut the head off, his thing was, you know what? This is for God. And he went straight. Almost like he was led to it. He could have been easy to just bury the head somewhere. To get, take it a saw head and dispose of this. But he buried it. Let me tell you something. Everything that God tells you to do, everything that God is pushing you to do, he's doing this because he has a greater plan in place. How many of is God speaking to anybody right now? You see, you, you're, you're wanting God's best. He said, but when you try to do it your way, he said, you'll keep going backwards. Anybody here tired of going backwards? Man, I'm, listen, no, we got no time to go backwards. Time to go forward. And the way we do it, we have to trust God. Put up there for me. I want to show you something. Put up for me um, Isaiah 50 and verse 10. It's not in my notes, but put it up there. I got two more scriptures and we'll be done for the day. Because we're going to unpack this for God knows how long. Who among you fears the Lord? Anybody here honor the God? And trust God's understanding of your situation as you hear his servants declare it. That's what that is. If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, give me King James. I got to see this. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. This word, you see the word trust? In the, in the Hebrew, it's, it's obey. Let him trust God's understanding of his situation. And stay or depend on his God. Right now, what you're going through, you say, Pastor, I just know I'm good. Trust God's understanding of it. Because you don't understand, I'm going up against this charge, and I don't know, I mean, they assign me a public defender. Listen, and they assign you the exact public defender that God wants you to have. This doctor don't know what he's doing. You have the exact doctor. See, you, you, have to, you have to believe that before you got there, God was there. You got to believe that your God, he loves you. He is concerned about you. He understands what you're walking through. And he knows it's going to bring you close to your breaking point. God understands this. But he said, watch this. The thing that is rooted in you, the thing that was done to you, the thing that you held on to is buried so deep within you that I got to put you through this pressure to squeeze it out of you. So that I can fill you with me. And when that happens, you're going to see differently. Life is going to change for you. And you, right now, um, you know, Donnie was sitting in the office with us last, uh, uh, last night. I'm, I'm mentioning his name because his testimony just impacted me because I remember when I talked to him last, he was losing his vision because of diabetes. His pancreas had stopped uh, producing insulin. 
But last time I saw him, and so I, of course we want to talk about his health, and we just sat in the office chatting, and he gives us this amazing testimony. Because last night when he was reaching for the water, I was wondering, could he see? Because I remember when they told me his, he, he was losing his vision. And he just gave the testimony. He said, God did the work in him. Remember he talk, talked about how God, he had this encounter where God um, went back in the past and rooted out all the stuff that was done to him, all the abuse. Remember that testimony? For those of you that weren't there, he talked about how he had been abused um, in a homosexual way, and, and God, and it, it, it kind of broke him, and God had to go back and repair him. But he said after the repair happened, he gave a testimony. He said his glasses stopped working. He said he kept going back to his doctor, something is wrong with my eyes. His doctor said, well, you got the wrong prescription. So the doctor prescribed him the prescription. He said it happened again. He, it's prescription. he said, I had to take my glasses off the sea. He said, I went to my doctor. He said, my, my doctor said, he said, I've never seen this before. He said, you have 20-25 vision. He says, he says, your vision is reversing. He said, next thing you know, he had an episode where he didn't feel well. They rushed him to the hospital. He knew it was diabetic, so he knew, he knew where they went. And he said, the doctor said, came up to him and said, Pastor McClurkin, I have a strange... He said, your, kid, your, um, your pancreas is producing insulin. He said, it's, 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 it's like it's reversed. It's like it's reversed. Don't tell me. See, what you're asking for, you're asking for the results before you go through the process. You don't get the results till you go through the... And the process is not just me getting stuff. The process is God going into my heart, reaching into me and taking out the thing that Satan put in there. Because Satan believes that as long as he has this thing in me, he can control me. But when God puts me through this pressure cooker and reaches in and snatches that thing out of me, now nothing can be withheld from me that God has shown to me. I came today, and listen, I'm telling you this right now. Some of you said, Pastor, no, it's not just good preaching. This is the truth you've been waiting to hear. All obedience is, it's not about you being consistent. No, no. When you put in a position to obey God, here's what you ask yourself. Do I trust God's understanding of my situation? And if, you, if the answer is yes, you say you begin to thank him. You lift your hand and you say, God, I thank you. I don't know what's going on. But I know this. I trust you. Joseph, Joseph saw visions. But in order for it to come to pass, he had to go through this excruciating process. David was anointed with oil to become king and ran from Saul for over 10 years. The process that God puts you through is about God teaching you to trust His understanding of your situation. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Let's go! 
Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. Go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. I started there and I didn't finish. The Bible says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he what? Suffered. Look at verse 9. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who trust his understanding of their situation. You put that definition wherever you see the word obey and the scripture begins to make sense to you. Okay, let's talk about your situation right now. Where are you in life? What are you dealing with? What's your struggle? What's what's your aspiration? Okay? What is God saying about it? I I, I, I used the tithing thing in Atlanta on Saturday night. I was explaining to them how people always tell me, Pastor, I just can't afford to tithe. And, And if you're saying you can't afford to tithe, it means you'll never be able to afford to tithe. You know why? Because you don't understand how it works. You think that you, should, you, you need to get enough money so you could tithe. But God didn't put a dollar amount on the tithe. And the tithe is before the law. So it's not under the law. It's under grace. The law just explains the tithe or the use of the tithe. But it's before, it's before the law. What you, don't, what you miss is this. God says whatever you get, whatever I give to you. Everybody say the word increase. Now let me explain something to you about increase. Pastor Brian and I were talking about this today. If you make $25,000 a year and you make, and, and because let's say you make $25,000 a year and you're living kind of from paycheck to paycheck and they give you a raise of $10,000 a year. Now you're making what? You're making $35,000 a year. If you increase your bills to fit your income, how many of you know you didn't increase? Part of increase is God, is God, or uh, upgrading your income and downgrading your outgo. You got it? Now, here's what we need to understand about the tithe. God says, if I give you a dollar, no, no, that's too high. If I give you a dime, give me what? That's all he wants. What is he trying to do? Why God need money? He doesn't need your money. See, you don't understand. God understands something you don't. When you read the law, the law I love the law as it pertains to the tithe because it explains this. It says that every time the priest threw, uh, threw up a heave offering to the Lord from the tithe, the, the Lord would reckon the tithe as the whole of the, of the threshing floor. Here's what it means. Every time I give God a tithe, he writes down in heaven that I gave him everything I had. Do you, how many just got that? Okay, let me say it again. When you get paid, you get your paycheck. Every two weeks, they pay you. Let's, 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 I'm going to upgrade you real quick. You get $5,000 every two weeks. How many of you believe in God for that? Y'all really slow. Five thousand. Say five thousand. Yeah. Okay. So every, so every two weeks, that $5,000 check coming from. Okay. Watch this. Watch this now. So when that, when that comes in, if you, when you give God the 500 from that, you know what God just wrote down in heaven? 
that they gave me all it. Now he rebukes the devourer. And here's why he rebukes the devourer. Not because, not because um, you gave him $500. But because in his mind, in God's mind, you gave him the whole thing. Okay? Now, let me show you what's wrong with the way we see. This time just got away from me. Put Malachi 3 real quick. Verse 8. I want to show you something real fast. I'm going to send you home with this. Get on the piano, Greg. Play something soft because if you don't, I will keep on talking. Okay? Give me King James real fast. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And God said, in what? You said, that's the law. I know it's the law. I know it's the law. I teach grace. I understand grace. But I'm going to show you why I like to teach. I like to, to open up the law to give us understanding of grace. Now, God does not require you to give him anything. Here's how the law works. The law makes demands that the people were responsible to supply. Under grace, grace supplies the demand. So the law is about demands and grace is about supply. How many of you understand that? Okay, so it says now, it says, when have you robbed me? God says, you didn't give me my 10%. I can't give God 10% of zero. Look at verse 9. He says this. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Wait a minute. God cursed me? No, God didn't curse you. That's under the law. That's under, under the law. If you didn't tithe, you were cursed. Okay? Under grace, no, there's no curse. But here's what happens under grace. The people that choose to tithe under grace get the blessing of the tithe. The people that choose not to, they just don't get it. It's not a curse. That's not a curse. You just decided you didn't, you didn't want to participate. There's no, there's no pet, um, non-participation penalty. God doesn't dock you. You got it? But the people that benefit from it, you can't be mad at them. Now look at this. Verse, nine, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that they may be meet in my house. And prove me now here with the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you a blessing. Okay, now. Quickly, I want you to tell me, what's the emphasis here of the tithe? What part stands out to you? Not, any, any phrase, any, 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 point, any one part, of, what part is the most important part to you? Huh? How many of you say the windows of heaven? Put your hand up, windows of heaven, okay, okay. How many of you say, oh, pour out a blessing? Pour out a blessing? How many of you say there will be not room enough to receive? Okay, how many of you say, um, prove me now herewith? What about this? What about this question? What about this question? What is the purpose in this verse of the tithe? Uh, what is it? Okay, come on, we smart, right? Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Why? Now, let me tell you what the Lord said to me. It was very interesting. The Lord said to me, he asked me this question. Last week, the gentleman asked, remember the gentleman talked about the tithe last week? And I gave him what I thought was a great answer. And it was, I thought it was a great answer. I pat myself on the back. I said, man, God is just using you. I went home and I was worshiping and I went before the Lord. And the Lord said to me, he said, he said, what is the purpose of the tithe? And I said, I'm deep. I said, the tithe gives you the opportunity to create a surplus in my life. So much so, I don't have room. I was getting deep, and God says, no. 
This is happening in my time of wisdom with the Lord. It's, it's go, this whole thing is going on it's within me. And I'm standing now. I get real quiet. I get still. And here's what the Lord said. He said, and you have been facilitating for the people the misunderstanding that the, that the purpose of the tithe is their blessing. The purpose is not, of the tithe is not your blessing. The purpose of the tithe, according to this, is that you can supply something in the earth to God so God can have the right to supply something to you. The purpose of the tithe is an exchange. But, but what we say, no, I'm going to tell you what happens. Remember, I start talking about the principle of, of, of understanding how lust works. Lust is all about what's good for me. It's all about my pleasure, my consumption. In, in some cases, my blessing, my stuff. And God says, no, you bring the tithe, bring a tenth of your stuff to, the, to my house. So that there'll be supply there. And God says, and when you do that with the understanding that you're bringing it to supply the need in my house, he said, I'm going to open the windows of heaven for you. And I'm going to create so many opportunities for you that you have to choose between them because you can't choose them all. He says, when you put the application in, so many people will call you back. You have to, cho- you have to do research and say, which company to choose? Because I have them to call. I have more than one to call you back. That's how this works. We don't understand it. So we get involved in, in foolish questions like, we get involved in foolish questions like, well, oh, is, is tithing under the law, is under grace? I mean, are, are they taking our money? You miss out on the whole fact that this is not even about money. Tithing is not about money. It's about God teaching you to trust his understanding of your situation. How in the world are you going to quit the job to go to the place that God sent you to go if you can't even trust him with 10%? You know how I got here? Let me tell you how I got to to this area in in this church real quickly. I'm 10 minutes over my time, but I got to say this. God had me to quit a job that I was in for 11 years. And when I quit the job in the military, I told my, I, had, I had to get out. And, and matter of fact, when I quit the job, here's what they told me. They said, you don't qualify for severance pay. Everybody was getting it. I didn't qualify. And I, I went to my barracks room. I'll never forget this. And I saw Marilyn Hickey. She was preaching on El Shaddai, the many-breasted one. That's the first time I ever heard God call that. And I sat in front of my television, and the more she talked, the more my faith grew. And at the end of it, she says, and it was like she was speaking to me. She said, the Lord said, ask him for what you want. And I fell on my knees and I said, God, I'm getting out and I'm afraid. I have a family. I don't know what to do. And I want severance pay. That's what I want severance pay. A couple days later, I go to finance to outprocess. I gave them my, now I, I work in the office that cut orders. So I know my was on my orders. I give the lady my papers. She comes back and says, um, you get $30,000 severance pay. I say, oh, oh no, no, I say, oh, not, um, you, you missed that. That's not what that says. She looked at me. She says, who's behind this counter, me or you? I said, excuse me. I said, I work in personnel. And I'm telling you, that's not, she said, I work in finance. And I'm here to tell you that your name came, <laughs> your name came up. For severance pay. I don't know how it happened. You see this right here? Is that your name? I said, yes. She said, well, you on the list. Now, she said, now, do you want this cash or you want deposit? I said, give me cash. Come on here. The devil is a lot. They counted out 30,000. Listen, she, she counted out. She said, she says, oh, I think it was $22,000 after taxes. She took out $22,000. I took that thing. I f- <laughs> 
I folded that fat envelope, stuck it into my briefcase, zipped it up. You would think I, I had like the code to like the nuclear codes in that briefcase. And I ran out that building like I robbed the bank. Because I just knew they, they wouldn't find out that they were wrong and change their mind. <laughs> Later on, I asked the Lord, why did you do that? And he says this, because you've always, tith- you always put your tithe first. God understands your situation more than you think. Now, you say, well, but Pastor, what do you know? Uh, uh, you would say, well, well, you prayed. I, 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 the only reason I prayed is because God ordered my steps to walk into my barracks room right when Marilyn, Hick- Marilyn Hickey was talking about something I needed to hear. And he would order your steps to hear the right word because he understands where you are. He, 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 you know how he loves us? When we become afraid, it concerns him. When, anything that bothers you bothers him. Stop treating him like he's against you. All obedience simply says is, Lord, thank you that I trust that you understand where I am. So I'm going to do what you say. Lift your hands to the Lord tonight. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.